3: What follows is my best recollection of the conversation my father and I had upon arriving back home. There won't be many misquotes too as most of what was said is honestly burned into my memory. Speaking low as not to wake mum, dad began. This mountain belongs to the Mundys. What are you talking about? It's their mountain, always has been. They've only been here since the 1800s. That ain't true. You mean Old Man Mundy, the Confederate soldier? Are you telling me that he wasn't real? Oh, he was real, all right. Him and his wife, both. Then what do you mean they always been here? He wasn't the first Mundy. He was just the one that they decided to let outside. Outside of where? The mountain. Wait, I don't understand. Son, the Mundys lived inside the mountain. I don't mean on it. I mean in it. Beneath the dirt and rock. Like, in a cave? Pretty much. And you're telling me that Old Man Mundy was the first one to come out of the cave? He's the first one they let out. What? Well, why? Why? to get a Mundy on top, I suppose. People were moving onto the mountain without any knowledge of what was beneath them. So, Old Mayor Mundy was a, a... a spy of some sort? More like a tax collector, to be honest. What do you mean? There's a fee to live on the mountain. What... what kind of fee? Dad looked down at the table and swallowed. I could tell his next words were not going to be easy children. My stomach dropped and I could feel the blood leaving my face. Now I knew what I'd seen at the Kellers. Payment. I was angry. I raised my tone, something I've never done with my father before, and said, what the hell are they going to do with those kids? Dad shrugged. He looked defeated, like he had just confessed to a terrible sin. I only know what happens to some of them. I waited for him to continue. They don't take babies. The Mundy's ain't equipped to handle them that young. They like them to be old enough to follow commands. What? What, you, what? what do they have them doing? I ain't certain. I've, I've never been inside the mountain myself, but... I know that sometimes they release the kids back onto the surface... Of course, the the kids ain't right when they come out, nor are the kids anymore, although they ain't quite grown up either. Sure, their bodies have matured, but their minds, they went backward. Do they go home? Some of them no longer have a home to go to. Sometimes their parents stumbled upon them, assuming that they'd recognize who they are. Others just seem to wander. I ain't seen them. Maybe you have and you just didn't know it. They're out there somewhere, usually in the woods. I remembered back to the incident in the woods where I had been surrounded by an unseen group while following the Mundys. My thought was interrupted by a realization. If the price to stay on the mountain is children, then... Dad? How are we still living on the mountain? He closed his eyes. He looked so much older than I'd ever noticed before. He clenched his hands together to stop from shaking. I leaned forward and asked, Dad, are you telling me that I have siblings that I don't know about? He looked at me, tears in his eyes, and said, No. But then, how are we still here then? I gave them... Someone else's child. My father broke down. I'd never seen him shed a single tear my whole life until now. It looked as if every tear that he had held back was now escaping. My mum had woken up and was standing in the hall. She knew immediately what the conversation was about. We had to do it, she said. We couldn't give up our own child. I turned to her when did this happen you were an infant we paid the fee early stop talking like they're currency man they're kids this child wasn't well off to begin with what do you mean my dad wiped his face with his handkerchief and regained his composure up north there's a there's a place that sells children it's a a god-awful place those poor kids could see that he was getting emotional again and well he continued we purchased a boy why why a boy i suppose we just figured that a boy would be better equipped to deal with whatever it was that awaited him how old was he seven what the hell it was my dad's turn to raise his voice you think that i wanted to do that have you seen what it's done to me? I'm sorry. Damn it, I'm sorry. But I couldn't give up my child. I just couldn't. We sat for a moment in silence. I reckon none of us wanted to continue further into the nightmare, but I needed to know more. The Kellers. They gave up three children. Their own blood, I said. <sighs> yeah, the, the Kellers will become prominent citizens pretty soon. Why? Why? Different payments reap different rewards. One child means you get to stay on the mountain. Two children allows you to leave and three children and you prosper. Prosper? How? The Mundis are the ultimate authority here. They decide how you live. If you want to live comfortably, then you have to give up three children. They gave up their own flesh and blood though. You guys didn't do that. Why didn't they give the Mundys some strangers' kids then? I couldn't believe those words came out of my mouth, to be honest. A couple of reasons. The reward is greater if it's your own blood. Gives you Mundy protection. If anyone wrongs you, then the Mundys will deal with them. Well, what's the other reason? Cage-free eggs. Come again? Raise the kids well before sending them to the slaughterhouse. What? My dad nodded in agreement. To hell with this, I said as I stood up. Let's just leave. We can't. Why not? We've been on vacation before and nothing happened. The Mondays are aligned with forces much larger than us. I'm talking about evil forces, son. Something... something supernatural... I sat back down and waited for him to continue. Sure, we've been on vacation, but it ain't ever been relaxing, right? Not for your mum and I. Everywhere that we went, there'd be an extra shadow following ours, reminding us of the deal that we made. A person? No, son. Something, something inhumane. A demon, maybe. I don't know, but whatever it is... It’s there any time that we leave the mountain. What? Wait. This is too much. It’s real, son. I promise you. I was overwhelmed with all that I’d just heard. I ain’t one to buy too heavily into ghost stories. I tend to trust my senses more than I do stories, but I’d seen with my own eyes the unnatural speed and strength of the Mondays. Plus, what about the old lady? Living as long as she supposedly had. Is is that really Sarah? I asked. It's her, all right. When Old Man Mundy died, his kids became the collectors. But you see, them kids, they lusted after one another, and the family tree started to rot. As a result, the Mundys became the abomination that we see today. Where are you going with this? We pay a fee to the Mundys to live on the mountain, but they pay a fee of their own to, I, I don't know, the devil maybe, or something. I don't know what they were promised, but they made some sort of a deal. And when Old Man Mundy's kids chose to muddy up their own gene pool, whatever force they'd aligned with must have cursed the last surviving of the siblings to live forever and just continue collecting. Sarah was old when her final sibling died, so she remains old for eternity. At least, that's how it's been told to me. So, because the inbred children aren't capable of complex thoughts, the devil or whoever cursed the last one who is? Yeah, exactly. But what about the general store and the politics? I mean, the Mundys were already in control. Why even bother? They held up appearances for a bit. Everyone blocks out reality up here and pretends that things are different. I guess that's how they maintain sanity. Maybe that's what Old Mundy was trying to do as well. But his children were less concerned about societal norms. They introduced another deeply disturbing truth to the mountain and... That was too much for people, I guess. It's hard for people to pretend like a bunch of inbreds are normal. I guess that makes sense, but if the Mundys have been living underground all them years prior, I can't imagine that there'd be much selection for partners. Old Man Mundy's kids couldn't have been the first to reproduce with their kin. It ain't just Mundy's been down there. Who else then? Don't make me point out the obvious, son. What? They... They don't just collect boys. Oh. My dad closed his eyes and nodded, and before people started paying them, they just took whatever kids they found. Old Man Mundy was likely born from some poor girl that got taken. I, I can't. I, this can't be possible. And, and if it is, we have to do something, son. The blood on the window was a warning to us, to you it was on my window. It was a reminder that we're not under their protection. They'll come after us if we don't stay back. Do you think tonight might have been the tipping point? I don't know. But what if it is? I don't know. I sat quietly for a moment. I, I think, yeah, I think I know how to get inside the mountain. My dad's eyes grew large. What? How? There's... There's a door beneath their stairs.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs
3: I've felt like a failure much of my adult life, nearly 30 years old and still living at home. I don't hold jobs long, and when I'm in them, they don't pay anything that a lone man can survive on anyways. If you want your own property up here, you'd best be married, and seeing as how I ain't had a relationship that lasted, that's been out of the question for me. But I see now that I've been blessed. And I accomplished my dream of independence from my parents, I would have had to do something truly awful to keep it alive. So, I ain't gonna whine about being a failure anymore. i gone into town yesterday morning to buy some supplies. This is a small town, and if you go through enough of them, you'll find that they don't always have a police force, but we do. It ain't anything substantial, just a handful of good old boys wearing badges. But as I was loading up and getting back into my truck, I noticed Chief Collins approaching me. How you doing, son? He asked. I figured it was best that he didn't see what I'd just purchased. So I closed the door and stood outside the truck with him. Not bad, sir, I said. Good, all quiet up on the mountain. Now, Chief Collins ain't living at home with his parents like me. He's married with kids and has a decent sized house, He's definitely given kids to the Mundys, and based on his prominent position in the community, I'm going to guess that he gave them three. Actually, I began, not really. Oh, heard quite the fuss coming from the Keller house last night. The Kellers ain't too close to your place. You heard them from all that way up there? Oh, them boys are pretty loud, and you know how noise carries out here. Which boys are you talking about? The Keller boys. The children. Chief Collins pinched his moustache and gave a terrible grin. The Kellers don't have any children. It was obvious that this guy was lying, as I knew for a fact that he coached them boys in baseball. So, I played along. Are you sure? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Positive. The Kellers ain't ever had any kids. At least, not yet. He then laughed. I shrugged. Well, all right then. I better head back home, anyways. Uh, Good seeing you, Chief Collins. Waved as I pulled away, and in the mirror, I watched as his smile promptly faded. Dad was waiting for me at home, where we laid all our guns across the kitchen table: two Remington shotguns, two Ruger hunting rifles, and several different pistols and revolvers. You get the stuff, he asked. I set several bags containing ammunition, flares, batteries, zip ties, and more beside the table. Told the fellow working the counter that all the recent UFO news had gotten us worried. Dad chuckled at this. You think he believed you? He agreed that they weren't cause for concern. Dad loaded another pistol. Your mother called, said that she'd made it there safe. She see it? He nodded. We told her to head out of town and to stay at a church for the night. The idea being that if this supernatural force truly connected to the devil, she'd be safe in the church that the Mundys don't control. We knew that it was a slim chance, but it was our only shot. She don't want it to deter us, though, Dad said as he loaded another pistol. I stepped over the table to help load the remaining guns, and And dad placed a hand on my shoulder. Son, he said, Many years ago, your mother and I did something that we're deeply ashamed of to keep you with us. I I don't want to lose you, but if I do, at least it's while doing what's right. Dad slapped the magazine into the pistol and chambered around and you damn sure won't be going down alone or without a fight. Dad placed the pistol on the table with all the other guns, knives, and tactical gear. You mean there's going to be a fight? I laughed and hugged him. I told him that I loved him. We were going to be entering hell after midnight, and I honestly couldn't think of a better man to do it with. We'd heard that it was going to rain through the night and prayed that the Mundys weren't the type to wait out a storm. We were banking on them heading down the mountain at one in the morning. Otherwise, we'd have to wait another day, and we just didn't know if we had that kind of time. Luckily, the rain wasn't overly heavy, enough to get you wet without feeling like you're swimming. We watched from the window as the Mundys walked past the house. Once they were out of sight, we exited the house, armed like a, a damn backward SEAL team. We each carried a shotgun, a rifle, with pistols attached to our waists and extras in our backpacks. We both wore headlamps, which we kept off until reaching the Mundy House. Once on the property, we weaved around the ever-growing junk collection and made it to the front entrance, which was still unlocked. We stepped into the creaking old hallway, the odor of rotting meat just as pungent as before. Water from the strengthening storm dripped from the various cracks in the walls and the ceiling. The buzzing of the flies grew louder as we traveled further down the hall. Then, without warning, the rear door at the end of the hall crashed open. A male Mundy charged through without pause, My dad, who had insisted on taking lead out of what he felt was his paternal duty, managed to fire off a single shot from his Remington as he was knocked to the floor. I aimed and fired, but I'd also been hit, from behind. My shot went high and into the ceiling. The gun fell from my hands. The second that I collided with the ground, I began to be dragged by my ankles back the way that we came in. I clawed at the floor, trying not to lose sight of my dad. He was fighting from his back. The Mundy that he was struggling with appeared to be bleeding from his shoulder, not that it made any difference. I watched as the Mundy tossed my dad's shotgun and dragged him by his beard over to the padlock door. Dad drew his pistol from his waist as I was pulled outside into the mud. Several shots rang out from inside, but not a full clip. The Mundy had stopped him. I pulled my pistol and I quickly rolled over to fire. Immediately, my wrists were pinned to the ground above my head. My attacker was mounted on top of me. I was now face to face with a Mundy. He leaned in close. The smell of rancid meat was present as he breathed on me. He seemed to be enjoying it, like a baby playing with a toy, with a, a toothless smile to match. "'Keep holding him, Bubba. a familiar voice said from nearby." Suddenly, a flashlight shined in my eyes and I felt someone take my pistol. Then, they proceeded to frisk me and remove the rest of my weapons. Boy, you done it now, said Chief Collins as he angled the light away from my eyes. Let me go, Chief Collins laughed. What do you think, Sarah? The old lady stepped into sight. Her long, thin hair was wet against her old, witchy face. She got close to me, leaned over, and said, They're expecting you. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units, and with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Sarah didn't stand over me long. She said what she said and then went into the house. The one called Bubba stood up and grabbed me by my collar, dragging me as he followed her. The sisters trailed behind us, snickering. There was also the third male Mundy who seemed to be the youngest of the group. He hung back with the girls, looking like he ain't got a single fully functioning brain cell. The Mundy's had a childlike demeanor that was anything but cute. The happier they got, the uglier they looked. Behind the sisters and the younger Mundy was Collins, that smug piece of works. Bubba yanked me over the door beneath the stairs. The door was open. My dad and the other male Mundy were nowhere in sight. Let him walk, said Sarah. Bubba let go of me. I stood up and could now see that I was about a foot taller than Sarah. She was thin and hunched over, and her face showed no emotion. Where's my dad? I asked. She nodded towards the opening where the padlock door had previously hung shut. I could see that beyond it was a dimly lit stairwell that spiraled underground. I stepped in. Lantern flames flickered along the walls as I descended the stone stairs. This was not stone like you'd see in a castle. These steps seemed to be carved within the mountain itself. Knock on the door when you're back up. I turned to see Collins close the door and heard the click of the padlock. It was now just me, Sarah, and Bubba. The sisters and their younger brother stayed upstairs. I continued down the steps, and I could hear the distant rattle of chains, and also the sharpening of blades. Colin's some kind of servant to you?' I asked Sarah. "'He's kin.' I coughed out a laugh. "'Well, I'll be damned. I mean, he's ugly, but not Mundy ugly. How'd that happen?' Sarah didn't respond. I figured that I wasn't going to get much more than that and continued in silence. As we descended further, the air became damper, like standing next to a group of people that had just finished breaking a sweat. I could then hear the sharp cries of pain and what sounded like the crack of a whip. I considered for a moment that maybe I truly was entering the depths of hell. Finally, though, the stairs leveled out and... I stepped into a cavern more enormous than I'd ever imagined existed. Spread throughout were old cages like medieval jail cells. In them were hundreds of people, all crowded together. They varied in age, some young, some old. They all looked dirty and tired, but fed. Torches illuminated the cavern, and a little ways off, I could see folks walking around. Some wore shackles that rattled as they moved, while others were unrestrained. "'Where's my dad?' I asked. Sarah nodded to a nearby cage. It was smaller than the others, and he was in it by himself. He had taken quite a beating by the looks of it. His left eye was swollen shut, and his hair and beard were caked in blood. I ran over and reached my arms through the bars. I needed to touch him, let him know that I wasn't gone. "'Dad!' He opened his one good eye and looked at me. Well, I reckon we messed up, huh? Yeah, it's starting to look that way. This place, you can feel the evil in it, can't you? I nodded. I'd actually done some work in a jail years ago, installing conduit and running wires for a fire system. The guards accompanied us around to different spots and gave us the background on some inmates. One of them was a serial killer and he'd done some horrendous things to his victims. At one point, I was in his cell with him, fishing wires through the wall for a smoke detector. The guard stood outside to make sure nothing happened, but still, I could feel the killer's eyes watching me. I could sense his appetite for human butchery, and I felt his evil. And here, I could feel that same thing in this cave. Son dad said as he gripped my hand. I'm sorry I waited so long to tell you the truth. Every father wants to see his son grow up to be a successful man, but I knew what waited for you if you ever did. Part of me wanted you to be stuck at home forever, so I'd never have to tell you about this nightmare. He gripped my hand tighter and continued. I know that you felt lost and lonely these past few years, and I figured that if you ever found a girl you wanted to marry, and that it'd be time to tell you then. Listen to me. Your life on that land is paid for. If you can convince the mundys to let you return to the surface, you can live there the rest of your days. You'll just have to pretend like everyone else that this ain't going on. Dad, I, I can't do that. I cannot live in the shadow of these monsters. Dad looked at me for a moment and then smiled. (sighs) You're a stronger man than me. He reached through the bars and pulled me close, and I felt something solid drop into my coat pocket. Give him hell, son. I backed away from the cage, looking at my father for what may be the last time. They're waiting, said Sarah. I turned to her. Who are they? You'll see. I noticed that the other Mundy was nearby and hurt pretty badly. Dad, he'd put up a pretty good fight. Sarah motioned for me to continue walking. The poor souls looked from their cages as I walked past. Not a word from any of them. I heard a cage door open and watched as a, a captive was grabbed by two unshackled. He flailed wildly but wasn't strong enough to resist. They forced him onto a nearby stone table where one of the shackled prisoners was made to strap the captive down with leather restraints. The man lay flat across the table begging and screaming and before I had a chance to react to what was happening he was decapitated. His final scream echoed off the damp cavern walls. The prisoner unstrapped the body of the victim. The other two picked it up and carried it over to a wooden wagon and dropped it on top of a pile of other headless bodies. I was made to continue on, and I saw as I passed the stone table that the victim's head was being sliced open on the top. They handed it to the prisoner, who carried it over to one of the cages. He tossed it inside. I didn't look long enough to find out what the prisoners do with them heads, but I could hear it. I had become queasy at the thought of continuing further and finding out what awaited me, but still, I had no choice. I pressed on, but all I could see up ahead was what appeared to be the end of a cavern, a dead end. As I got closer, I could see that up against the wall was another wooden wagon, and inside of it were more bodies, but this wagon was only half as full as the other one. Next to the wagon was an opening in the wall. It didn't appear man-made as it didn't have any consistent angles. It was likely as old as the cave itself. It was small and narrow and I could see a blood trail going through where someone had dragged bodies. I stopped near the entrance and turned to Sarah. I had nothing but hatred for this woman now, but at that moment she felt safer than... Whatever was on the other side of that wall. Don't leave them waiting, said Sarah. Every fiber on my body told me to turn around and run. But I wouldn't have been able to outrun Bubba. I've seen the nearly inhumane speed that he's capable of and where would I even run to anyways? I mean, I was trapped in this hellish nightmare. So I did what all I could do. I pressed forward. I figured that I would die either way, so I might as well learn who they are, but I stepped into the opening and noticed that Sarah wasn't joining me. She waited outside, watching me move further into this other, darker section. The tunnel opened up, and I was in a cavern more massive in height than the other one. The ceiling extended upwards hundreds of feet, thousands even, I realized that I was standing beneath the highest point of the mountain. That feeling of evil was more pronounced in here, so thick that you could almost taste it in fact. There was light about halfway up. It looked to be an enormous fire-lit chandelier of some kind, hanging from the longest chain that I'd ever seen. It wasn't fancy in any way and looked to be made out of branches and bones or something. I'd been so distracted by the size of the cavern, I hadn't realized that something was moving ahead of me. The light from the chandelier only barely illuminated the ground below, so it was difficult to see at first. As my eyes adjusted, I noticed that this figure was facing away from me. It was large and dark and sort of huddled over. Something protruded from its back, pointing outwards like spread arms. And then I heard a sound that will forever haunt me, the snapping of bones as limbs were torn from a body, the thing began to feast on what sounded like a corpse and I could hear crunching, which meant that this creature doesn't bother eating around the bone, suddenly it stood, I had thought that this was some animal on all fours at first but now I could see that it was something different, something sort of human, This wasn't an ordinary human though, not in build and certainly not in appetite. What I'd initially thought was black fur though was a long ragged gown, very long. The creature stood at least 15 feet tall and had very long thin arms. Its fingers in fact seemed to be about as long as my own arms. It turned around to face me and I immediately froze. The thing had long black patches of thin hair and white eyes that pierced through the darkness. It was eating a torso. I'd once seen a book, a a painting titled Saturn Devouring His Son. The image stuck with me because of how disturbing it was. This, this reminded me of it. The figure looked feminine though. I could see exposed breasts through the torn gown. She tossed the torso aside and continued chewing, staring at me all the while. Once finished, she spoke. Welcome, child. A chorus of voices of varying tones and volumes, the more prominent one being female, echoed throughout like a cathedral. The sound passed over me like a a cold chill and lingered on my skin. Suddenly, hundreds of candles set in pockets along the cavern walls lit up simultaneously. I could now see the horror standing in front of me. She was tall and gangly, with a face like a a rotting possum. Not an outwardly extending jaw like you'd see in one of those animals, but a sharp-toothed smile that likely wasn't there out of joy. Her skin was pale as the moon. From her back protruded long bones, almost like antlers. ''Come closer,'' the voices echoed. I was frozen with terror, unable to move or speak. I don't know what I had expected, but this definitely wasn't it. ''Come closer!'' her voice boomed. Singular, masculine. ''Who are you?'' I finally managed to say, She breathed heavily, seemingly frustrated that I'd not yet moved. Then she exhaled. We are the beginning. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you, mates, in the next
1: one. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now...